fueled by the outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your host, Rick Cates. I am by myself this evening due to the preparation of hunting, uh, well, opening day in Ohio. Chris and Josh are preparing to be able to go up there and hopefully get the job done. Tonight is actually uh, what we, uh, well, what Chris has dubbed hunting widows and orphans night. So he uh, typically takes his family out the Thursday before. Um, hunting season begins in Ohio, does a nice dinner, and then he uh, hopefully can uh, kiss butt enough of the time for him to be able to hunt as much as he needs to in order to kill a big buck for the rest of the season. For Josh, I'm not sure, but um, you might be wondering why I'm bringing up Josh too, is tonight we were supposed to all get together and kind of break down um, the Kentucky hunting season that we all have been a part of so far. And realistically, we really wanted to do that, but, um, you know, we, we just haven't been able to kind of sync up and be able to get that done. So what I thought we would do tonight is at least one of us is here, me. So uh, it makes sense to kind of break down hunt the two hunts that I've been on so far with my third sit of the year coming up on Saturday. So by the time you will have listened to this, there'll have been three sits. Hopefully, um, you know, it, 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 it'll be a good one. So what, uh, what we really, you know, have been talking about a lot when we've all been sitting down together is, um, doing different things than what we're normally used to. So, uh, this year I've really made an effort to do mobile hunting. You know, we did the mobile hunting expo, I got to look at some of the stuff. I didn't go, you know, full saddle or anything like that, but I definitely did get a hang and hunt. Um, I have an XOP vanish and uh, some st- uh, steps. They're not steps. Uh, sticks uh, that I've uh, that I've been using that I don't get necessarily too high up in the air with. I don't have um, the best aiders on there. I've got one footed aiders versus like the they're one step aiders versus you know two and three step aiders. So it's you know kind of a beginning thing for me, but. It's worked out pretty good so far, but, you know, getting out of the comfort zone and trying some things new, uh, as you guys have heard on here before, and I like, I've discussed previously, I don't typically hunt with a lot of other people. I tend to kind of, uh, hunt on my own. Um, I might hunt with my dad, you know, two or three times a year. I might hunt with my brother once a year. I might hunt with Chris once a year, but typically most of my hunting is on my own. So I decided to switch it up for opening weekend and just to kind of give everybody a kind of a clear picture of opening weekend in Kentucky, it is vastly different from opening weekend in Ohio, Ohio uh, you know, looking right now that it's going to be like in the forties for lows and highs are going to be in the sixties and a cold front has just pushed through and it, it's going to be hopefully like a magical opening weekend for a lot of outdoors people. And it's going to be a really, really good time where we're going to see a lot of pictures, a lot of good deer hit the ground, but Kentucky, uh, it was 90 degrees, I believe opening weekend. And this was, this was the whole weekend. If it was not pouring rain, during the other points of it. So I think, I want to say Saturday, uh, it it was, you know, hotter than Hades. Sunday uh, was pretty dang hot. And I believe Monday, it might have rained. 
It might I might have gotten that flipped off with um with Sunday, but I, I believe that um Monday it rained a bit and uh you know it made for a pretty uh you know dampering time uh, no pun intended there for people who were trying to get out and hunt but the first uh the first hunt of the year I had uh was with Josh and Josh and I um had scouted an area around um well it's just it's an area in Kentucky and it, it it is a WMA, and he and I had went and looked at this place. I've previously hunted here, muzzleloader, and it, it's it's a nice little piece of property. I don't necessarily think, you know, when I showed him the area when he moved over here, I didn't necessarily think there were some decent deer on there. But you know, after you know looking and kind of waiting and watching, there there we had three really nice ones on camera. So he and I decided that we were going to go do midday to evening sits and we uh decided to do that versus an all day just for the sole fact of uh we didn't want to blow deer out of the areas that we had kind of scouted and we we had started scouting this area i think for turkeys actually i I wanted to scout it for turkeys and we went and scouted it for that and he went and hung cameras we did this back in march Josh went and pulled cameras in, I think, August and had placed and done some other camera work on the on the piece of property. So all in all, I kind of decided in my head that Josh has put in most of the work. This is Josh's property, so we'll hunt it the way that Josh wants to. Um, when he pulled the cameras, he had daylight videos of three real nice bucks, uh, one in 130s, one in probably 140s, and another one, a really, really big one, you know, the 150, you know, easy 150 deer. So we get started, we get to the parking lot and we get parked and immediately, uh, someone pulls in right before us and it's two guys from Indiana. They said they were hunting another property, um, in, you know, the uh, central Kentucky area. And they had stated, you know, they were getting kind of rained on by dove, uh, dove, uh, pellets, you know, bird shot because it was opening weekend of dove too. That's the wonderful thing about Kentucky is that they open uh, dove season literally the same week as uh, deer. So if you're in the woods, there's a good chance you're going to get some some bird shot raining down on you. Not not get hurt, but you know, definitely have some pellets raining on you. But we sat and talked to them for a while, and they were uh, they were really nice guys. They were just kind of looking for meat. They really didn't care what they shot. They just were really out for the adventure, and and that was kind of one of the cool things was these guys drove all the way from Indiana just to just to have a little weekend and try to bring home some meat, which I, I truly do admire and I think is a, a, a great thing that uh, people should be able to go and do uh, pretty regularly if you can. So we talk with them. We, we all kind of come up with a game plan of what we're doing. We show them where we're going on our um, Onyx, and Josh and I start in. So we start walking. And as we're walking, we notice that there's a couple, you know, pretty prevalent trails towards the uh, front end of the area. But we're decided, like, we're going to go back and be where we had had uh, put up these cameras in the spring. And we had gotten these pictures of these deer. So we start and we go down. We go over a creek. And at the creek, the way it kind of works is you sp- um, it splits off and goes to a back area and then... Uh, the area that I went to was an upper field. So, uh, Josh wanted to hunt the bottom area, you know, out of the, out of some of the heat of the day. And, um, 
you know, I wanted to hunt the, uh, the hilltop. I had a, I had just kind of a feeling that if I could get into an area near where we had these cameras, I was going to have an encounter with a, a, pre, a pretty decent deer. So <clears throat> Josh goes, and he goes and gets set up, and I go, and I start marching across the field. Now, keep this in mind, this field had not been cut yet. It got cut, I think, the weekend after, and it was neck high, switchgrass, brambles, um, briars, anything you could think of that would stick, poke, itch, cut you open. Uh, it was in there. So I've got my pack, I've got my stand, I've got my bow, and I'm just kind of marching through this stuff. And the area that I'm trying to get to is an opening on a power line. And I, uh, I, I get to the area I want to go to, and when I get there, I realize uh, it is completely engulfed in brambles, uh, briars, you know, sticker bushes for, you know, whatever term you guys, you know, tend to use for it, but I try to, I try to force my way through it, and I do this for probably 20, 25 minutes, um, I ended up being cut up and bloody pretty good, uh, dropped some milkweed pods that I had found, which I was not real happy about, and kind of just said, screw it, I'm gonna, you know, go back the other way, and I had told Josh, if I can't get through here, I'm gonna go back down in that bottom, and I'm just gonna put my stand up, and I'm gonna hunt a doe, so as I'm walking back, I remembered when we scouted this before, there was like a little turnaround area. So I, uh, I'm walking back and I see it. So I go into the woods and immediately I see six or seven different game trails. There's, you know, old sign all over the place. I was like, okay, I think this is where I need to be. There's, you know, plenty of, uh, forage stuff. It's going into a field. It's kind of shaded and guarded. You know, this, this is, this is going to be the place. So, um, I get up into my tree after about uh, 20 minutes of screwing around with my stand and trying to really get up there. You know, it's it's difficult. I really would suggest if you haven't already done it, practice, 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 practice with your mobile hunting setup. I cannot emphasize that enough. I thought I had practiced enough. I didn't, and I should have practiced more. So I got up in the tree, got everything set up, and at this point I am wringing wet with sweat. Um... I got in my stand. I chugged two of my three bottles of water, ate two of my two of my three snacks, and was just kind of sitting there trying to get my bearings about me. And you know, when you're when you're fatigued like that, um, you know, all kinds of stuff you know can start to set in and worry. Like I was very worried that I was going to get winded, and I, this was a pointless sit, and I should just you know pack it up. And I should just go back down to the bottom over there, and that would be easier. But I decided, like after I had you know kind of come to my senses, that this was a good idea. I, I want to stay here. There, you know, if you see a buck, you see a buck. If you see a doe, you can still shoot it because it's at the top of the hill. So, I, I get set up, and then uh, Josh, uh, you know, gets a hold of me and says, "Hey, where are you at?" And I, you know, tell him, and he's like, "Oh, you're like 150 yards above me." I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, do I need to move?" He's like, "No, no, no. You're fine." So. It's at this point two o'clock in the afternoon, so I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. Finally, hear something. Look to my left. It's a black cat running through the opening. It's like great, uh, nothing there. So the cat sits there. Um, <clears throat> I hiss at it. It runs off, and uh, you know the day kind of just strolls on. Um, 
Chris is communicating back and forth with us from where he's at on a you know a completely different property an hour away with Luke and a couple other guys and um, at this point it gets to be like five o'clock and that same cat comes running out of the bushes. It's like okay, well that's this is either a coyote um, or you know maybe a deer spooked it. So I'm getting ready and all of a sudden <clears throat> your sticks breaking. And I look up, and there stands two guys, uh, the two guys from Indiana. They didn't know that's where I was at. I whistled at them, waved my hand. They were very courteous. Um, I can't remember their names, but if you two gentlemen are listening to this, give me a shout. I would love to talk to you guys about how the rest of your weekend went. They turned around and went the other way, and uh, Josh had their numbers, so they texted him and said, Hey, we walked up on your buddy. Sorry, no harm, no foul. Same thing, no harm, no foul. You know, They didn't ruin the hunt or anything like that. So 5 turns into 5.30, 5.30 turns into 6, 6 turns into 6.30, and it's starting to kind of get a little bit cooler, and, um, you know, I've got you know, maybe two hours left to hunt. So 6.30 turns to 6.45, <clears throat> and out of my peripheral vision, I see something move. I'm kind of like, well, what the hell is that? And um, I start seeing white, and I'm, I, you know, couldn't place what it was. It was moving up and down, I'm like, oh, geez, it's a skunk. So I'm sitting there looking, 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 and then all of a sudden I see a tine. And I was like, holy crap, that's that's a buck. And then it lifts its head up, and I'm like, oh my god, it's one of the bucks. So at this point, where I am sitting, it is like a, it's a small turnaround area, and he is off to my right side. Now, off to my right side, there's a, you know, five to six trees kind of blocking me from him. And he's got his face like buried in some honeysuckle and is eating the berries off of it. He pulls his head up and he kind of takes a couple steps and just looks around. Um, I've got a shot, and this deer is maybe 18 yards from me at this point. I have a shot that um, would be the equivalent to Odysseus uh, shooting his arrow through um, the islet of all the axes in the Odyssey. Uh, it just wasn't going to happen unless it was absolutely perfect. So I wait, I wait, I wait, and the deer is at 18. Then he's at 15. Then he's at, at he's about 12, and he still isn't giving me a good shot at his vitals. At this point, like my shoulders starting to get a little, you know, you know, hot from holding my bow. So I relax a little bit, but I'm clipped in. And all this deer has to do is take a two-yard step left because there is a branch dividing the area between me and the field. And this deer is going to get an arrow. So he steps, and he looks like he's coming my way, and then immediately turns and just kind of walks out into the field. Um, he stands there at about 25 yards and just is standing away from me in my mind. And where I was sitting, if he would have stood broadside, I could have had a shot at him. Um, I didn't feel comfortable with the shot that I had. So rather than wound a nice deer and <clears throat> you know potentially screw up a spot, um, I waited. So this deer mills around out in front of me at about 30 to 40 yards for probably another you know 20 minutes. And then um, it starts to get dark, so I, I get down a little early, try to sneak out in the field to see if he's there. He's not there, unfortunately. So I pack it up, I pack it in, and you know I get 
all my stuff, you know, on my back, and I'm, I'm walking. It's starting to rain at this point, and I meet up with Josh, and, uh, you know, we start kind of, you know, talking, like, what happened, how did it go, where did he come from, and what we had kind of determined was this one area where we had the camera set had basically become this Buck's home range area. I mean, I was not maybe more than, you know, 80 yards from where we had uh, set this camera at. So we had kind of figured that, like, this is where that deer was going to be at, you know, moving forward, at, le- at least on, on his summer pattern, at least on a summer pattern. You know, there's a lot of, you know, oaks and, you know, persimmons and other stuff on this property that, you know, potentially could, you know, pull deer away from you know, that, that, that greenery, that greenery forage, uh, type stuff. But Josh and I go and have dinner. We discuss stuff. We're kind of talking it out and he goes, well, I'm going to go back there tomorrow and figure this out. So we're discussing it that morning, next morning. I didn't know if I was going to be able to go hunt. And I told Josh, I'm like, Josh, you need to go back to that area. Um, so he went back, but that story I will leave for him to tell when he comes on, um, during the next podcast. Um, so I got a surprise where I was able to go and hunt Sunday. And, you know, as you'll see in, you know, some of our videos, I've got a property near my house that I, that I tend to tend to go to cause it's, it's quick. I can be home if I need to very quickly. And, uh, it makes the family happy that I'm, you know, not, you know, half hour, hour away and I'm not, you know, having to drag deer out in the dark or anything like that without people knowing where I'm at. So I went over across the street um, where I had initially set up, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to go a little bit deeper in. I had gotten some extra permission from a landowner and I got some walk-in access. So I took my hanging hunt. I got set up over there and, you know, same thing, waited, 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 waited. 536 o'clock rolls around. I start hearing noises. I look up and I see what I thought were three deer, one of which was a very large doe. There was a fawn who still had, you know, some spots on it. And then I thought I saw another, another doe. So I'm waiting, I get my bow up. They walk in front of me at about 15 yards and go up to my left, um, up a hill and then kind of back down into the bottom and they're at 10 yards. So I've got my bow locked in. I'm getting ready. Um, I see the first deer, and I made up my mind is I'm going to shoot the third deer that's not the fawn. Um, the doe walks in front of me at maybe 10 to 15 yards. The fawn walks in front of me at 10 to 15, and there's never a third deer. So I've got a north-west uh, wind at this point. So these deer still aren't smelling me, um, but they get down behind me probably about... 15 to 20 yards and all of a sudden I hear the snort of death um she didn't know what was going on she knew that just something wasn't right and she kind of went back up she just made one snort the (laughs) and then stomped her foot walked up the hill kind of stood and stomped and then the fawn ran back and then the doe ran back and uh, that was pretty much it from my opening weekend sits, unfortunately. Now, I say all that to say this, is that I had tried something different, and it presented me with two 
opportunities to have encounters. Had I set up differently, I probably would have shot that buck. Um, it, it, it's just, uh, it wasn't in the cards with where I had set up at. If I had literally set up two trees over, it would have been a done deal. And we would be talking about me having a, you know, a 130 class buck on my wall. And it just didn't happen that way, unfortunately. But you know, there's other opportunities. I am going out uh, Saturday morning, which will be a nice uh, change of pace. It'll be a little bit cooler. And, you know, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope I'm able to have an encounter. Acorns are starting to drop, especially white oaks. If you can find a white oak right now, um, go and set up near it. You know, there's going to be guaranteed deer heading towards those areas because <clears throat> they're off their summer patterns for the most part and they're shifting over into the, you know, feasting of acorns and it's it's one of those things that deer do every year you just have to manage your hunts and you just have to be mindful of what you're getting yourself into in each one of these situations so you know you might be saying well rick you've had you know today's you know september 23rd you've had like two weekends in between there um i went fall fishing i, I love fall fishing and be very honest i am a uh, unapologetic first weekend hunter for kentucky it just gets to be too dang hot for me um hence why i was dripping sweat and uh you know felt like every deer in the tri-county area was going to smell me but um i went fishing and you know i got a lot of i had a lot of fun i gotta take my youngest son uh down to cumberland we caught a lot of trout we caught uh, a lot of bass i caught one of my personal best uh smallmouth at around four and a half five pounds and I could not have been happier uh, for that trip. It was a little bit earlier than what I care to go down there. But beggars can't be choosers when someone says, hey, uh, we're getting a campsite for two weeks. You know, why don't we uh, all go down and you come down for a week? But part of the reason it is that way is because I am going on a vacation to Florida here in the next few days. And actually am hopefully going to be going for some redfish, which will be uh, really, really nice. Uh, you know, it, it's a fish that I've consistently wanted to try to catch. I've never had the opportunity to, I've always, I've had them to eat. Um, and I've always loved them. I love the idea of those fish. I think they're so cool. And, um, it's for a buddy's wedding too. So I, I can't complain too much about that. It's going to be a lot of friends and, um, you know, fun and right on the beach. So I get to wake up I get to roll out of my bed, grab my surf rod, and just go start casting the surf and hopefully uh, hook into some of these things that are, you know, cruising the flats out there, or cruising the um, behind the sandbars. I, I just, I can't wait. I think it's going to be such a fun time. But uh, hopefully uh, after this weekend, I'll have a buck tag filled, which would be, you know, a number one thing in my mind. Like that, that would, you know, be so cool would be to have my buck tag filled before the end of September. But you know what? If I don't, that's okay too. So um, to all of you getting out and trying or who have tried on this past weekend, because when this comes out, it'll have already gone on. I hope you had luck. And if you haven't had luck, I hope you uh, have some near in the future. And I 
you know, really encourage you to try something just a little bit different than what you're used to doing. Um, I haven't even pulled out my crossbow yet this year to get it sighted in. I normally do that while I get my compound ready, but I've just been exclusively shooting my compound because I want to get more proficient with it. I'm taking shots out to 40 yards and I'm hitting where I need to be hitting. I just feel like trying to do some new things has really pushed me to be a better hunter. And I think it can be help you uh, become a better hunter too when you start pushing yourself a little bit as well. So concluding thoughts, you know, always, uh, you know, if you have the ability to get somebody in the outdoors, this is a great opportunity, uh, time to do it. You have a lot of, uh, small game, you have duck season, <clears throat> early duck season coming in, you have, um, deer seasons, uh, coming in as well. And it is just a great time to be able to introduce somebody to the outdoors. What I would also encourage you to do is, as always, please be safe and use a safety harness. We hate seeing people falling out of trees and, you know, their families having to, you know, foot a bill for medical stuff that they don't really um, have intention. They didn't have uh, intentions of paying. So uh, a little bit of money for a harness can go a long way in saving your life and uh, keeping your family very happy with you that you're going to be around. So. Uh, that to be said, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. I've been your host, Rick Cates, and I thank you all for listening. I will talk to you later. Bye. And that will do it for our podcast today. Please remember to subscribe, like, review on all major podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, TuneIn, Castbox, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. As always, we are available for contact at the Elite Outdoors One at gmail.com. That is the Elite Outdoors, the number one at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you next time.